Hello and welcome to the CircuitPython weekly meeting for uh, September 21st, 2020. It's the time of the week where we get together to talk about all things CircuitPython. I'm Jeff Epler and I'm sponsored by Adafruit to work on CircuitPython. CircuitPython is a version of Python designed to run on tiny computers called microcontrollers. Development of CircuitPython is primarily sponsored by Adafruit, so support them by purchasing hardware from adafruit.com. This meeting is hosted on the Adafruit Discord server you can join anytime by going to adafru.it slash discord. We hold this meeting in the CircuitPython text channel and the CircuitPython voice channel, but we're also around all week in the text channel. This meeting typically happens on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern time, but the date occasionally varies for U.S. holidays. We have an online calendar. If you would like to speak in the meetings, let us know and we will add you to the CircuitPythonistas role. This will also get you a small number of notifications from Discord during the week, mostly reminders about the meeting. The length of the meeting varies, but it's often from 60 to 90 minutes long. This meeting is recorded and will be posted to YouTube, uh, as well as other various podcast services. If the, you find this podcast is not available on your favorite podcast service, let us know. The meeting recording includes the text in the CircuitPython text channel and the audio from the CircuitPython audio channel. This meeting is accompanied by a notes document. If you wish to participate but don't have a mic or just prefer not to have your voice recorded, you can add your updates to the notes doc and we'll read them off. Uh, let's see, and then I wrote that same paragraph again in my introductory text. Uh, this meeting is held in five parts. First, community news with links to CircuitPython projects and a preview of the Python on Hardware newsletter. Second, the state of CircuitPython libraries and Blinka. We'll look at numbers that summarize the health of the project and get a high-level summary of recent development and future direction. Third, and the first of two round-robin sections, Hug Reports. In Hug Reports, we invite you to highlight positive contributions from the awesome folks all around us. In the round-robin sections, we'll start with the moderator and continue in alphabetical fashion until everyone has had a chance to speak. If you're lurking, we'll skip over you. If you have notes, the moderator will read them aloud. Fourth, Status Updates. During status updates, we invite community members to take a few minutes to talk about their CircuitPython-related work, progress, and plans. Feel free to chime in with quick tips or advice as appropriate. Quick questions and answers are perfect for this section, but for longer discussions, we will take them to our last section, In the Weeds. For topics that are more open-ended, this is the section where we can discuss them. If you have something else you'd like to discuss, please add it to the end of the In the Weeds section of the notes document as soon as you think of it, and tag it with your name so we'll know who is starting the discussion. We'll cover topics in the weeds in the order that they were added to the document. If you'd like to participate, and now I'm repeating myself again, you do need to be a member of the CircuitPythonista's role on Discord, just ask. And you also need to add your name, and preferably your notes, it's super helpful, to the weekly meeting document, in alphabetical order, under Hug Reports and or Status Updates. If you prefer not to have your voice recorded, if you don't have a mic, if you can't be here during the meeting, uh, you can add your notes to the document and I'll read them off when we get there. Except when you're actively speaking, please keep your mic muted. Uh, anyway, with that out of the way, we will continue on to community news. If you'll give me a moment to take a time code, which is also super helpful. And um, yeah, find the right spot in the document. Uh, this is a bit of news from the future, CircuitPython 6.0.0 Beta 0. Uh, it is going to be relatively stable. The most notable additions since 5.3 are basic low power support when in time sleep, initial ESP32-S2 support including Wi-Fi, 
and BLEIO HCI support for ESP32 coprocessors. Please use 5.3x if you need a stable version of CircuitPython. The Python Software Foundation is having their end-of-year fundraiser. Uh, in the past, we've worked with organizations such as JetBrains who donated 100% of the profits from the sale of Python Charm to the PSF. The theme this year is geared toward education. We'll be actively supporting Python educators by collaborating with authors, trainers, and education companies that offer their services all over the world. The goal for the campaign is $30,000, and the funds raised will help benefit the PSF, our community, and those who educate Pythonistas worldwide. And there is a link in the notes document if you would like to participate. Uh, and apparently the deadline, uh, let's see, there is a deadline to apply to receive funds, uh, which is ending today. So that'll slightly be old news by the time it goes out in the newsletter. Uh, the state of OSH data and open hardware, an update on the OSH data project. Our research has been read in over 40 countries around the world on every continent except Antarctica. Our report helped increase awareness of the certification program and created a sense of friendly competition between some of the leading open source hardware companies in the world. Adafruit update. Remember to drink your Ovaltine. I mean, Adafruit is stocked and shipping orders. Now is the best time to get orders in for your favorite products, including items for students. Science is fun and educational when using Adafruit parts and free, easy-to-follow tutorials in the Adafruit learning system. Anyway, uh, news from around the web, which is the real key for me for uh, the updates. Uh, CircuitPython unit test. I was just uh, talking earlier with my techno talent, and they have ported the unit test from Python to CircuitPython. So now you can test your Python code either on or off microcontrollers. Uh, someone else, uh, I don't, uh, R. Rainey on GitHub has created a DSKY alarm indicator panel replica. And uh, Scott, if you wouldn't mind dropping some of these links in the chat, that would be awesome. Uh, EuroPython has made their videos available with a link on Twitter. And yeah, so 60 videos in all from EuroPython have now been posted to YouTube for your viewing pleasure. So what makes the CircuitPython, oh. Did we just lose Jeff? I'm back, but yes. Just give me a moment, please. All right, and we are rolling again. So thanks for getting those links, Scott. Um, mm -hmm. So I was just about to roll into your solicitation to send uh, CircuitPython and Python on hardware and MicroPython news to us for inclusion in a future newsletter. Uh, the best way to do that is to mention at an engineer on Discord or email her. And I don't have her email in front of me. So Scott, if you could also drop that in the chat, that would be excellent. Or Anne can. Thank you, Anne. At an engineer on Twitter. Hope I got that right. And uh, yeah, and be at adafruit.com. So with that, we will move on over to the state of CircuitPython libraries and Blinka. 
So this is a moment when we take a primarily statistics-based view of the progress of the project because, you know, it's great to have warm and fuzzy feelings, but it's also good to see that the numbers are going the way that indicates uh, that we want them to go. So um, overall, in the past week, we had 30 pull requests merged, which is a great number, from 22 different authors. Excellent. So some names that I don't recognize or are not common contributors. We have T-A-W-E-Z, Tawiz. Uh, we have Dan Alive. Uh, some uh, occasional contributors, W. Tamura, David Gloud, uh, I don't recognize Hugo Dahl, Astro Bokanon is new to me, uh, So and Nitz. So thank you to all those people. We have people contributing to the core. We have people contributing to the libraries, to translations, and to uh, Blinka, all in that list. As far as reviewers go, we have seven reviewers basically the usual suspects, and they all deserve a big thanks because they keep this process moving along. And reviewing isn't necessarily easy. Sometimes it's very involved, but sometimes it's as easily as uh, opening up a library PR that's interesting to you and uh, giving it a test on some hardware you own or just looking for common problems and giving it a thumbs up. And that helps us merge these pull requests and get CircuitPython improved. Uh, and as far as issues go, we had 20 closed issues by 13 people and 12 open by 10 people. So we have a lot of participation within the issue process. And as well, we had a net decrease of eight, which is always great to see. So um, the overall state of CircuitPython is um, strong, I think we say. Uh, we are going to have 6.0 come out in a beta release very soon. The libraries keep chugging along, and Blinka gets support for uh, more stuff all the time, which isn't always reflected here in the numbers because, um, anyway, I will let uh, Maker Melissa talk about that when we get down to her. But uh, yeah, things are going great. As far as the core itself, of those 30 pull requests, about half or 14 were for the core. Those came from 13 different authors. So uh, Tawiz is in this list again, Hugo Dahl, Astro Bokanon, and Nitz. And we had just three reviewers in the core. So if you feel like you could review core C code, uh, please jump in and do that and help us out because right now it is falling a little bit heavily on just a couple of people. We've got six open pull requests, uh, the oldest of which is 96 days and um, I think you know there are good reasons that all of those pull requests are sitting out there open, but um, if you have any way to help those forward or to resolve that we can close them without merging, please um, help us out. As far as issues, we had six closed issues by five people and four open by three people. So we also decreased our issues slightly, and as compared to the libraries and Blinka, we had less activity. Our number of open issues is over 300. We've got 326 open issues. But what we prefer to look at is um, our issues by milestone. So particularly important right now is the 6.0.0 milestone, which uh, will let us release a stable version of version 6 when it's done. And there are only six um, issues attached to that milestone. So we want to bring that down to zero and um, concentrate on issues that um, have been prioritized then as features or bug fixes, which comprise another 16 after that. We also have two that are not assigned a milestone. Stepping to the libraries. The libraries had 16 pull requests merged, 
from 11 authors. Um, so Dan Alive is the one off of that list that I don't recognize. Uh, Dunkman00 is definitely an occasional contributor that we, I think we're seeing more often. And of course, thanks to the rest, Tanut, Anecdata, Sedacious, Jerry Nadell, Higher Effect, D. Halbert, Maker Melissa, David Gloud, and Foamy Guy. We had six reviewers, so thank you to Melissa, Brent, Scott, Lady Ada, Sedacious, and to Jepler. Let's see, there is a list of merged pull requests, which, uh, oh, 16, yeah. So those were from one to 12 days old when merged, so it's great to see those pull requests acted on promptly. Issues-wise, there were 13 issues closed by 10 people and eight opened by seven people. Great to see all that activity. Great to see the number of people involved and great to see the number going down. So if you want to help with CircuitPython, the libraries are one of the easiest ways uh, to get started with a slow uh, learning curve. So you can go visit circuitpython.org contributing and help out with one of our 194 open issues, possibly one of the seven issues listed as a good first issue. Or you can help us out by giving a review on one of 34 open pull requests. Also at circuitpython.org contributing, there is a link to contribute translations of CircuitPython. If you speak or write in another language other than English, that is a great way to help improve the core uh, so that error messages are translated into users' own languages. New libraries. We have got three this week. We've got a library for the CircuitPython Airlift, for the Pixel Frame Buff, and for the BNO08X RVC which apparently this is a sensor that has a special library just for robotic vacuum cleaners or RVCs. There's also a list of updated libraries, which I will not read off. And now, assuming you've had enough of my voice, I'm gonna hand this off to maker Melissa to tell us about the Blinka stats. Oh, so Blinka is our CircuitPython compatibility layer for Raspberry Pi and other single board computers. And um, now these uh, stats are for the last week, but as Jeff had mentioned, uh, they don't necessarily always reflect it because sometimes uh, there's some pull requests in the platform detect and pure IO libraries, which are dependencies. But I'll go ahead and read off the notes here. Uh, this last, we had zero pull requests merged by zero authors, zero reviewers. Uh, there are currently two open pull requests uh, there were, was one closed issue by one person and zero open by zero people, leaving a net of 25 open issues. In the last week, we had 2,000 PyPI downloads, and there are currently 52 boards. And that's it. Thank you, Melissa. Um, I was also thinking about that uh, PR that I reviewed that had to do with uh, frame buffer support, but maybe that it was a CircuitPython and not a micro or not a uh, Blinka library? Correct, that was CircuitPython. Okay, I had my uh, wires crossed just a little bit then. Uh, thank you, and now we will move on to the first round robin section, which is called Hug Reports. As I said earlier, Hug Reports is a time to thank the people around us, and that can be on Discord or GitHub or Twitter for the awesome stuff that they're doing and uh, give exposure and you know, positive reinforcement for doing good things because hearing about bug reports all the time is a drag, but there's great stuff going on. So I will start to show how it's done and then we will continue down the list. Jerry is up next 
and uh, we'll just go in alphabetical order. So taking a time code, uh, my first hug report is to Scott Tanut for continued thoughtful reviewing of a pretty big PR of mine. And uh, I wanted to thank Dan for lots of work towards beta zero. And I had asked him this morning to put one more thing in and apologies for that and a good move taking a vacation this week and letting Scott do it. Uh, I had a great discussion this morning with Folknology, Kevin Thomas and Bruce S. Um, I had written a bug that affected people building CircuitPython using an older version of Python. And uh, we all debugged it together and got a pull request in to fix it. And it was a fun collaborative experience. And then uh, thank you again to Kevin Thomas who posted the um, unit test library for CircuitPython that I mentioned earlier. I think that um, testing is gonna become increasingly important with CircuitPython as we move beyond having libraries and programs which are basic into having really sophisticated software running on microcontrollers. And we may be past the point where we would have really benefited from it, but um, anyway, so testing is great and thank you, Kevin, for working on that. And uh, thanks to Lady Ada for featuring some code that I'm working on during Desk of Lady Ada last night. She did a little demo of the CAN bus stuff as kind of an intro to the great search of the week. So uh, KMatch98 will be up next, but we're ready for you, Jerry. Okay, uh, lost my screen. There it is, phew. Um, so yeah, thanks to um, Hireffect for the, uh, the README for the ESP32 build. It's nice to have that all in one place. And uh, again, this week, another thanks to 2BNDY5 for all his work or, or their work uh, on the uh, continued work on the uh, NRF 24L01 library. Um, it's really uh, a lot, of, a lot of new stuff in there, and it's working nicely. And oh, and just to Adafruit for the the nifty matrix portal um, and all the great guides that are pouring in to support it. Uh, having lots of way too much fun. And just a group hug. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. Kmatch ninety eight is up next, and then Maker Melissa. Okay, thanks, Jeff. Uh, one hug report, but for two people. First, for Foamy Guy for hamburger menu and uh, button touch demos, and Joey Castillo also for a touch demo for an MP3 player. So those are my hugs for this week. Thank you. Uh, let's see. I've got notes for MicroDev up soon, but now Maker Melissa. I wanted to give a hug report to Scott for helping me figure out that I needed to use the NVM module to store some settings. We'll retain the settings through uh, PowerOns, CircuitPython. And also another hug report for uh, providing me a Blinka icon. Uh, I wanted to give a hug report to you, Jeff, for uh, reviewing a PR for the Pixel Framebuck library I needed for my guide. And a uh, hug for whomever handled the Blinka notes last week. everyone in general. Thank you, Melissa. Uh, Microdev, do you want to try going uh, to audio, or do you want me to read your notes? Uh, I will just go ahead and read them then. Okay, you are text only. I wasn't sure if the hang-up was being added to CircuitPythonistas or um, or that. All right, so MicroDev says group hug to the community, uh, to Jerry for testing and confirming a safe mode related issue, to Anic Data for confirming an issue with ESP32-S2 internal 
Pull Up During Deep Sleep, to Jepler Tanut and Dan H for providing constructive inputs on implementing Safe Mode and Deep Sleep API. Uh, Scott, we're ready for you, and the next up is TG Techie. Awesome. So, uh, hug reports, Dan, for prepping the release. Uh, should be pretty easy to going forwards. Hog reports, Microdev, for taking on Deep Sleep and really being open to hearing all my ideas for that. Uh, thank you to Ken Sheriff for the Intel 8, 808 die shot. He has a... neat blogs. Oh my gosh, read his blog. <laughs> yeah, so. I follow him on Twitter and there there was a he posted something and I was like, what die shot would you use for a puzzle? Uh, and so I I made a puzzle out of an Intel the Intel 808 die shot. And so I started working on that. It is definitely a difficult puzzle. Um, but that's been good and that's been going around Twitter. So thanks to Ken for for letting me use one of his images for that. Um, Hog reports anecdata data for all the Wi-Fi testing and bug finding. I, I will get back to fixing the bugs that you're finding, I promise. Um, but first, the, doing the urgent ones first. And then uh, we've had a slew of new contributors uh, for the ESP32-S2 in particular. So I just wanted to thank uh, Nitz, Astrobokonon, Matt at Nerd, and Ask Patrick W for all helping out on CircuitPython Core. And then lastly, um, MD Roberts 1243 from the Adafruit Forum added support for the 128 by 64 OLED to the frame buff library. And I kind of challenged them to add it to the core as well. So they they were on the text chat during my stream last week. And we talked for like an hour and a half about uh, the way display IO worked and, and where to look uh, for things. So I think they're uh, on that, going that direction. So I'm very excited to see somebody take on a pretty, pretty challenging uh, change, but I think they're going to be able to do it. So uh, kudos to them. All right, thanks, Scott. Uh, after TG Techie, I will have some notes to read. Just a group hug to everyone for making such an awesome welcoming community and such an awesome set of tools. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Uh, it looks like the next person who I don't have notes from or who will be talking is Effect. But now I have notes from Anik Data, who writes, group hug to everyone working on ESP32-S2. It's the first time I've followed along with a new port, and it's been very educational. And hold on, I just lost my spot. Let's see. Then uh, David Gloud, who is also lurking, writes, group hug to the community. And Foamy Guy writes, group hug, and is also text only. So with that, Hire Effect, I will let you wrap up Hug Reports. All right, well, uh, big thanks to you, Jeff, for helping me track down the RGB matrix issues uh, last week uh, and fixing up the guide uh, to get uh, some of those stretching issues taken care of. Um, also, thanks to you for your uh, reviews on the matrix and my SD card PRs. And thanks to Jaren. Um, Fede2CR and Julian Randell for trying out my ESP32 README and giving some good feedback. That's it for me. All right. And that wraps up Hug Reports, moving us along to status updates with a time code. Status updates is also run as a round robin. And the idea is to let us know what you've been working on in the last week or so, or if you haven't been around the meetings, uh, you know, since you were last able to give us an update, and then what you hope to tackle in the near future. And if you want to drop in something a little fun, just for flavor, 
please feel free to do that. Uh, so I will start, then we will go to Jerry. So my focus has been on this Can.io module, and it is really in the finishing touches stage. Scott can be an exacting reviewer, but I always feel so much better about the state of my code after it's been through review by him. And we're going to do that actually, I think, after this meeting a little later in the day. And my focus remains on Can.io. Once this PR is merged, um, I will continue with adding support for the STM32F405 Feather. And I'm also going to take one of these boards out and try scanning the diagnostic codes from my car. Uh, which I'll have to learn a little bit more about the nitty-gritty of CAN before I can do that. So kind of the first time that uh, this code meets a real-world thing, not just another board running the same code. Uh, let's see. After Jerry, we will go to KMatch98. Hello. Let's see. Uh, so most of this, we're just, try just trying to keep up with all the activity that's been going on, especially on the ESP32-S2. Just trying to keep trying new things as they come out and see what breaks. Um, and I spent a lot of time playing with those NRF 24L01s. And then a fair amount of, of time went into an issue that, that came up with somebody who's trying to use uh, the RFM90X library. And they were doing what is the, the hardest thing to do, and that is they're trying to use the reliable datagram method between a Raspberry Pi and it was a Feather M0 RFM9X, but running Arduino and the Radiohead library. And it turns out there's a known limitation here. The Pi, the Pi can send packets to the um, Arduino board, and the cat can come in, um, and, and receive acts just fine. But when the Pi sends, I'm sorry, the Pi can receive a, a message and act it back to the Radiohead board just fine. But when the Pi sends a packet, it's just too much else going on. It can't switch from transmit to receive fast enough, and it misses the back packet that comes back from the radio head. They just come back so fast. And so it, I haven't found any good workarounds for it um, other than what I did with this person who suggested was a compromise where you send reliable datagrams only in one direction, and you um, the other way you just send a, a regular packet. <laughs> and it, that was something I hadn't actually tried to do before, and it was, it was a good exercise figuring out how to get that to work reliably but or work better so and then thinking about ways to fix this there are a couple of things that are in the pipeline that we've been thinking about doing to try and improve the um uh way the whole thing works to, to allow this to work and those are longer term in the short term it might be possible to make a modification to the radiohead library to put a delay in but We'll see, um, and whether if that works, and maybe maybe they would accept a PR to, to allow someone to put a delay in there. So I'll I'll try and play with that and see what I can do with it. That's Thank, it. Thanks, Jerry. That was my idea to make the other fast software delay. So I'm glad you had thought of it as well. Um, in any case, uh, Megan Melissa is on deck. Kmatch ninety eight. What's up? Okay. So not much uh, visible to report uh, this week, but have been diving in on. Uh, touch-based response, and in particular, how to make some code that is reusable for users, particularly novices like myself. Uh, so how to hide away the uh, tricky business and uh, make the easy stuff easy and make it reconfigurable. So nothing to report, but just digging in on some examples and uh, going to hope to try to make my first GUI this week. Thanks. All right. Uh, after making Melissa, we will go back to Scott. Okay. 
Okay, so this last week I spent Monday and Tuesday on the road to get to some better air quality. And uh, let's see, I also wrote the Pixel Frame Buff Library Guide, which should be published, published soon. I made some last minute improvements to the uh, Pixel Frame Buff Library. Um, I submitted a PR for a bunch of features I added to the Python shell library. I updated the matrix portal library to work with the new matrix portal board. I tested all, out all the demos uh, I wrote with the updated library and updated the open weather matrix demo because that one uh, did have an issue. And I added a little new, a cool feature so it could store whether it's uh, imperial or metric based on which button you're pressing when you power it on. Uh, this week, I am going to work on converting the uh, PyTFT installer shell script to Python. Um, I uh, updated the I2S mic guide to use uh, one of the updated scripts. Uh, that was under to do, but I actually already did it. Uh, and I updated the machine, or I need to update the machine learning guide with the new BrainCraft hat. And that's it. Great. Uh, TG Techie is on deck, but now we will go to Tanut. Hello. Okay, uh, today I've got to release beta zero. Uh, Dan did most of the work, but I've got to actually get the it tagged, built, and on the website along with download stuff. So uh, there is a bit of work there to do, but most of it's done. Um, Last week, I tested the UF2 bootloader uh, for the ESP32-S2, discovered it wasn't working, and asked Hack about it, and he just had some changes that he had accidentally overwritten. So uh, I tested it again, and it's working pretty well. Um, so my goal is to like get that out like generally so that uh, we can try to get all of these new ESP32-S2 boards using the UF2 bootloader, uh, which is just easier to use than the ESP tool, in my opinion. Um, so to do that, uh, since I'm talking about it, I have a, a PR uh, that I'm working on for uh, CircuitPython so that we build all the UF2s so that uh, once you install the UF2 bootloader once on your ESP, you'll be able to just use that to update CircuitPython. Uh, that's not uh, out yet, so that won't come in beta zero. That'll come after beta zero. Um, and then I also want to... Uh, add a short guide on how to add a new board to the UF2 bootloader repo and how to flash it kind of upfront the first time. Um, a couple of the things that came up last week, one is I got the USB PID uh, checking CI changes merged in thanks to Summersoft, I think did the did the PR originally, but we had duplicate PIDs that we had to deal with. So I, I allocated some new ones and, and got the deduplicate. So we should start seeing as people add boards if they're not updating their PID, uh, they'll get uh, the build will fail because we're, we'll be testing that. Um, I'm trying to work with the PID.codes person as well so that that is an option for people getting new PID, uh, but uh, they're kind of off and on getting back to me. Um, Anecdata found a bug with their new request library that got released, uh, which I had done a lot of changes in. Uh, it was It's not working on 5.3.1, so I want to get that merged a uh, fixed merge today for that um, and released so that uh, people don't hit it. Um, and then, yeah, most of this week is all the UF2 stuff I talked about, uh, but I also do need to make a checklist for streaming 
Uh, I'm not very disciplined, if you haven't noticed. And uh, I usually remember everything, but I don't always. Like last week, I forgot to change the titles on Twitch and stuff. So uh, when a tweet went out and um, yeah, there was like some notice of like live streaming that said I was JP's workshop, not my deep dive. Uh, and you didn't so, have a mustache, did you? I don't. I don't have a mustache, uh, and I, I don't have a workshop really either. So no. uh, I got. I actually. Uh, bleh. JP said uh, he has an existing checklist that he uses, so uh, he actually linked me to that. So I'm gonna just make mine based on that uh, and make sure that I've got a pre-flight checklist for when I'm streaming. And I will be streaming on Thursday this week, not Friday. Uh, so just a heads up with that as well. Um, and I think that's it for me. All right. I know a lot of people look forward to that. So uh, keep doing the good work. Yeah, people have been enjoying it. Uh, it always turns out... Yeah, some people said last week's was a, a particularly good one, which I guess uh, is good. <laughs> All right, we will go to TG Techie, and then I think somehow uh, Higher Effect is on deck, which is weird. Um, the live streams you present, Scott, are always very interesting. Um this week, I was able to open source the hardware for the CircuitPython running uh, quote-unquote smartwatch I'm working on, um, as well as play around a little bit in the core on a fork of CircuitPython to see about uh, doing some hacky things to get safe mode to not run. Uh, additionally, I distributed a version of the watch to my grandfather, who will be dogfooding or living on, depending on your preferred vernacular uh the watch so i'll be getting some feedback from that thank you it's been fun to see your progress so yes hair effect i have notes from foamy guy and then we will go to you time code foamy guy is text only today but writes to let us know that last week they received goodies from adafruit oak dev tech and solder party creating a helper class for the keyboard feather wing began working on an input text widget for display IO. It mostly works all right, but needs some cleanup and a few more of the minute details solved for. Created a proof of concept for smart USB charger using lo a load switch from Oak Dev Tech and got a better mounting arm for the overhead slash desk camera. This week, they plan to finish up the multitasking guide and evaluate the possibility of adding an optional on-click API to display button and possibly other display IO widgets. And now, Higher Effect, you get to wrap us up again. All right, so this past week, uh, I worked on fixing the SPI problem that was disabling SD cards on uh, both SDN32, which I did last week, and ESP32-S2, which I did this morning. Um, I also tracked down the issues with the STM32 RGB matrix uh, with the help of Jeff. Uh, so now the learn guide, if, if, if you follow it, uh, there should be no more crashing or stretching of the pixels on that. Uh, and it works pretty well. Uh, this week, I'm going to be looking into the port status documentation uh, that Scott discussed a little bit last week. Make an issue for that. Uh, think about how it does work on that. Um, I'm going to try and get rid of some of my older PRs that have just been hanging out in the PR list uh, for a long time. Uh, one of them is AF1 port, which we have some tiny USB fixes uh, that need to go through for that to work. Uh, and the other is the IMX uh, 1050, 
which uh, if I can't get that one going in short order, we might just want to close it. Um, and then beyond that, um, just kind of uh, evaluating the list of uh, modules for the ESP32 S2 and the uh, STM32. Um, I've been thinking about doing rotary I.O. for a long time. Uh, might be time to come around back to that, but uh, in general, I'm going to defer to whether Scott has higher priority tasks, if you'd like to push some of those up or um, whatever needs to happen. So that's up for me. All right. And for those who are just listening along, Scott says, maybe the analog APIs? And HireEffect says, sure. Yep. All right. That wraps anything. Anything. Just give me something to do. Keep me off the streets. At least that's how I feel about working for Adafruit. Um, so that wraps up status updates, and we are headed right into the weeds, where we've got one item from Jerry. So, uh, Jerry, why don't you kick us off and tell us what's on your mind? Okay, uh, actually, I'm seeing a thing here from, let me just check this release. <laughs> maybe, maybe the question's been answered. Yeah, well, um, that that one that's out there, the 161, is the problem. It, it does not support the... Um, um the hci i don't believe so the the new stuff for the the dan's been working on for ble hci on the esp32 coprocessors um require um requires a new build and it it's been checked in and and the updated stuff is in the is in the re repository for the nina firmware but when i try and build it um it doesn't work <laughs> And I think some Brent has also tried it and confirmed it, that it doesn't build and work from that repository. So as far as I know, the only working version is, is, a, is a binary that's attached to the PR that Dan put in. And I've been using that one and it works fine, but that's a little hard to find. So sure. I was just wondering what the, you know, if anyone knew what the status was on that. I think the uh, uh, Lemora was supposed to be looking into it. Um, because she's the one I think who built it originally and got it to work, but so uh, it's probably just a configuration problem deep in the uh, uh, ESP IDF, which is never fun to try and figure out. So, but before that, you know, just you know, if that's going to go public, <laughs> um, just a warning that, that it's it's there is no convenient way to go grab that binary for uploading right now. Right. So Dan's on vacation this week, uh -huh. so he, he won't be able to let you know about that. Um, <laughs> I think I did see something go by that, like, Lamore switched computers in the last few months and thought that the binary came from her old one, so she uh -huh. wasn't able to replicate it on her end either, from what I understand. Okay. So, so I think we should just sit on it, and then when Dan's back next week, we can we can get that on his radar to get it building from the repo. Okay, that's that's great. And like I said, it, it, I don't, uh, it hasn't doesn't seem to be. I guess people aren't using it very much, so it hasn't been coming up very often to go find it. So, uh, yeah, but, I think I I think the reason that work was done is for the matrix portal. Um, and so I would expect it to be an uh, something that we do want to look into as we get examples for the matrix portal going. Okay. Yeah, I mean it does work nicely when when it's. It, using the binary that, that is out there, but right. it would be nice to be able to reproduce it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I I don't know exactly you know where it is on Dan's radar, but it's something worth getting on his radar next week when he's back. Okay, 
Is there an issue in the Nina firmware GitHub repository? Yes, okay. Yes. Is it assigned to Dan? Uh, probably assigned to Lady Ada. Okay. <laughs> if anyone. That's fine too. Yeah. All right. Well, that was the only item we had for In the Weeds. So now I just need to find my notes on wrapping up, and we will mm -hmm. wrap this meeting right up. Take a time code. <laughs>